Well, great to see everybody today. Feel the joy of Jesus on you today. It's an honor and a privilege to get to serve you the word today on this Father's Day. And I want to talk with you today um, on the subject of how God sees his, his own personal happiness. How God sees his own personal happiness. You know, he has a self-image. He has, self, he has a self-awareness in the context of the Trinity in heaven the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons in one essence, have, um, have some happiness. They have some happiness that they want to share with each other, with us. John 17 is a profound expression. Well, John 16 is about the Holy Spirit. Then John 17 is about the Father and the Son. And together they make this uh, amazing revelation of the joy... And the glory, the joy and the glory and the love that the Father, Son, and, ex- and uh, Holy Spirit experience in the context of the Trinity together. Three persons in one essence. We believe in one God, but there's such a unity amongst them. They're one, but there are three, still three distinct persons of the Trinity and if that seems mind-boggling, it's be only because of the limitations of language, human language. So how the Father sees his personal happiness, I'm really excited about sharing it with you. I, I'm using the word happiness as uh, kind of a catch-all for glory, love, and joy <laughs> that the Father experiences. And I want to honor the, our Father in Heaven on this Father's Day because um, he has this incredible joy, love, and glory that he wants to share with us. They're very happy amongst themselves. They're very comfortable with each other. You might call John 17 a look into the family room of heaven, where the Father, Son, and Spirit enjoy each other's fellowship, enjoy giving to each other blessing. But then out of that, experience they want to share with us. So my first talking point, the Father sees his personal happiness as worthy of sharing. It's worthy of sharing. And I know that, uh, have you ever experienced the glory of God? Would you agree with me that if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, it would be difficult to experience the glory of God? Impossible. To try to talk about the glory of God to someone who does not have the Holy Spirit is trying to explain to a baby in the womb what it's like to eat a T-bone steak or to, you know, to uh, eat pizza at Kaleidoscope. You've got to have a connection. Now, when I say the glory of God... What comes to mind? Uh, raise your hand if you what, can give me a word or two about your experience of the glory of God, how you would describe it, just in a word or two, right here. Presence. Presence. Love. Love. Life. Light, right, light. Joy. Joy. Sense of awe. Sense of awe. Infinite. These are all descriptive words, but you know, it's, the glory of God is better felt than telt. Would you agree? 
And it's infinite. And His joy is infinite. And His love is infinite. Do you like feeling the love of God? What if you consistently had twice as much feeling of the love of God as the best moment of the love of God you ever felt? What if you had ten times? A continual experience of ten times the love of God, the feeling of the love of God that you've ever felt. Or the glory of God. Or the joy. You ever felt the joy of heaven? You ever felt like, man, this is not me, this is supernatural going on right now. What if it was consistently ten times as much as that? What if it was a hundred times more than that? What if it was a billion times more than that? What if it was infinite? And it kept being revealed to you more and more, forever and ever and ever, every day was more. The blood of Jesus has bought you that. Hallelujah. And we can share in it now more and more. And the glory of God is expressed through His creation. You know, the Father and the Son and the Spirit, they're thinking, man, you know, this is really good that we're sharing, but... Uh, we want to share it with other living creatures. So let's make angels. And angels experience the love and glory and joy of God. And let's make people in our own image. And they will experience the love and glory and joy, the happiness of God. And we will make a creation And we'll make within that creation planet Earth, the blue planet, the garden, Garden of Eden, which is a symbol of all the beauty of God's creation. I want to shake up your paradigm of how you view the beauty of God's creation. God did not just set it in order and, and stand back and watch what we will do with it. The beauty of creation, the Bible says that the creation in Him, in Jesus, all things consist. One of the reformers said that a, a drop of rain doesn't fall except by the presence of God. I want, to, I want to shake up your paradigm that there's not just uh, the spiritual and the physical but that the physical flows from the spiritual. That the beauty of creation flows from the joy of God. And the joy of God, you know when the Bible says that in His presence is fullness of joy? Most often, I have thought that when I'm in His presence, I experience joy. And the presence of God is fullness of joy. But I want to tell you something. If there's no human being around... There's still infinite joy in the presence of God because He is a happy God with infinite joy that He shares with the Son and with the Spirit. And the beauty of creation emanates the physical world that we, we appreciate so much emanates from His family room. It emerges from there, flows from there. We derive from there. When I first came to Christ, 
Within a few days, I went for a walk at Louisville Park in near Battleground, Washington to pray. And man, the grass was greener. The sky was bluer and the clouds, the cumulus clouds were puffy white like I'd never noticed before. I just walked around staring at stuff. I was in a very, very college prep course called Independent Reading. As a junior in high school, when I came to Christ, and I remember one of the other Jesus people in the room, kind of a study hall, read my Bible in there every day. This gal by the name of Lori, there was no romantic interest, but she was a real Jesus person. And she wrote me a note once, and I'll never forget it. I thought of it many times. She said, Dan, God's creation is his handwriting telling us with, in his handwriting, I love you guys so much. Jonathan Edwards, a great awakening preacher in the middle 1700s, made a big deal about the, the glory of color. Isn't color, the way light bounces off things and produces color, a beautiful gift? This flows from the family room of heaven. This flows from the fellowship, the infinite joy and glory and love of the Father, sharing, sharing that with us, emanates from there in the moment. He just didn't get it going and sit back and watch it. He is in charge of every second of it. Jesus in uh, John 17, I, I think we probably better get to the passage. <laughs> Verse 1. And I'm not going to read all of John 17. I'm going to read a selection of it. Verse 1. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven, into, into the presence of God the Father and God the Spirit. Father... The time has come, anticipating the cross and the resurrection. The time has come. I'm, I know I'm in transcendent time with you, God, Father, but I have submitted myself to sequential time. And the time, in sequential time, the time has come for the cross and the, res, and the resurrection. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son, so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people, so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those you have given to me. Two phrases from that passage I just read. One, I will magnify your glory, Jesus says. And in saying that, he's saying, God the Father... I want to give to you in our relationship more and more glory. And I know you want to reveal my glory more and more. And then he says, so that I may give the gift of eternal life. My friends, eternal life, in the, especially in the Gospel of John, is not, is not 
just unending life in time, but it has to do with the quality of life. Jesus said eternal life is to know the one the Father has sent and to experience the one the Father has sent. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit wanted to give, to share their glory, their joy, their love that they experienced together in the family room of heaven with creatures that they made in their image. Creatures that were designed to enjoy and appreciate this happiness of God, the glory, the the love, the joy of God. Creatures that were uniquely designed to receive the flow of God's happiness to them in a continual way. Creatures like you and me. Catherine Tate, the famous atheist, Bertrand Russell's daughter, became a Christian. And she said about her father, the famous atheist, his whole life was a search for God somewhere at the back of my father's mind, at the bottom of his heart, in the depth of his soul, there was an empty space that had once been filled by God and he never found anything else to put in it. We were designed for God, my friends. In her book, My Father, Bertrand Russell, Catherine Tate also says this, quote, I would have liked to convince my father that I had found what he'd been looking for, the ineffable something he had longed for all his life. It's, it's supremely sad that there are people that go through their whole existence without connecting with the very purpose God created them for. And they've been blood-bought for through, the, through Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you a chance at the end of this talk today to start that walk with Jesus that you were created for. So be ready for that. Second talking point. The Father sees His personal happiness as worthy of sharing in a way that is fully accessible. Verse 3, John 17. It's accessible. Accessible. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. Reading from the Passion Translation. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son of whom you have sent. Father, I have manifested who you really are, and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. That's an important phrase. It means we have faith in the word about God with our hearts. We take it, we believe it, and we will never let go of it. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, I have passed on to them. There's the word motif again. They have received your words, 
and they carry them in their hearts. Three dynamics that all require faith to access the happiness of God. The Father's happiness is fully accessible through faith in the continual, the continually spoken word. The Bible is not a book that God had written that he just left with us. The Bible bears witness to a continual, a continual spoken word. All that is in the Bible is continually spoken by God from his family room to, to us. And we, by faith, take hold of it. It's a bridge to us from God's infinite glory and joy and love. It's a bridge from that heavenly dimension to this dimension. From that universe to this universe. The parallel, the par- parallel reality of heaven. It's a bridge. The word is being continually spoken to us. And by faith, we walk back on that bridge into the eternal realm of the heavens. By faith, we walk that bridge of his word. We take hold of it. We own it. It's alive to us. The Bible, J.I. Packer said, is God preaching. Not a religious book. It's powerful in the moment. Abraham knew that. God said to Abraham, you're no longer Abram, exalted father, you're Abraham, father of multitudes. And you know the story that he did not have any kids when God declared to him to be the father of multitudes. So what did he do? He took hold of it by faith. The word of God. Someone comes up to him and says, hi there, what's your name? Oh, my name is Abraham, the father of multitudes. Oh, that's awesome, old guy. How many sons do you have? Well, none yet. He was 99. Abraham did not focus on what he could not do. Abraham focused on what God said he would do. My friends, I fish a lot, and sometimes I use an anchor in the boat. There's one thing that has to happen for successful fishing with an anchor. You have to throw the anchor out of the boat. You can't just throw it in the back into the stern or into the bow the front you can't toss it from side to side so many people keep their securities anchored within themselves and God is calling us to throw the anchor out of the out of the boat onto Jesus Abraham did not focus on what he could not do he cast his anchor out of the boat and he and Sarah became the someone said 
the very first people to ever bring a crib into the nursing home. <laughs> Hallelujah, Isaac was born. And from him multitudes, stars of the sea, sands of the seashore. Our Father's happiness, is one, he wants to share it with us, but we've got to get a hold of it by faith in the promises of God like Abraham and live on those promises. And the Word also talks about the Father's happiness as being fully accessible through faith in the continual flooding of the Holy Spirit. This is something I've talked quite a bit about, so I don't, know, I don't want to belabor this, but... It is so crucial that we move beyond the teaching that many of us have been taught that we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we were born again. And it was just an intellectual decision, a decision to have faith in Christ, and that was the baptism of the Spirit. We've got to move beyond that into experiencing the Holy Spirit. And we've also got to move beyond the Theology that teaches that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a one-time shot that happened to you yesterday or 20 or 30 years ago. My friends, Jesus walked in a baptism of the Holy Spirit without measure. And to be filled with the Spirit, to be immersed and soaked and, and flooded with the Holy Spirit is your destiny and is something that the Holy Spirit who is in the Family room of heaven, God is saying, I want to share. And the Father shares the Holy Spirit. And how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who? Ask Him. Ask Him every day. I ask Him several times a day. I'm ready for a new flooding, God. I declare myself to be a flood zone right now. A floodplain of your power and presence and baptism of spirit. And the Father's happiness is fully accessible through faith in the continually manifesting of His signs and wonders, both what we consider supernatural, healing, prophetic words, gifts of the Spirit, but also recognizing that nothing that's beautiful naturally is... is uh, Really, just nature. It's not mother nature. It's God. God emanating that beauty from heaven. It's just as supernatural as anything else. The other day, I had another Monday morning. I didn't plan to go fishing because it was supposed to rain. And I woke up, and it was raining. It was great to see it raining. But I thought, I'm going fishing. So I've dug into the back of my closet, haven't dug back there for my raincoat for a few days. <laughs> Long time. Got my raincoat out. And for most of the time, I was the only one, only boat fishing at Willow Lake. And yeah, it rained. Yeah, and I felt like, once in a while, I felt like, wow. Yep, it's raining and I'm here and I'm the only one. <laughs> But most of the time, it was just a gentle mist that was coming down. There were fish jumping all around my boat. They were just jumping. I caught five of them in just a short time. And it, 
all emanated from the family room of God's glory. His joy and his love. Well, where's that in the Bible, Dan? St. Dan? Acts 14, verse 17, the Apostle Paul preaching says, God did good. He's saying this to pre-believers. God did good, giving us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling our hearts with food and gladness. I love that, that the Bible says he doesn't fill our stomachs with food, but hearts. Food is designed to be tasted and enjoyed with the heart. And God even tells pre-believers, even the food I give you as a pre-believer and the seasons I give you and even the rain that I'm sending you, it's all an expression of the family room, the happiness room. James 1.27, every good and perfect gift is from above. You have anything good in your life? Give him praise. On this Father's Day, was your father not worthy of honor? Don't subject yourself to more trauma or abuse, but do your best to forgive him and recognize that it's a lie of the devil for you to think that because you had a bad dad, you cannot understand the father's affection for you because the Bible says that through the word, the bridge of faith, through the Holy Spirit, the impartation of the promise of the Father and the blessings of life, you can break off any, any uh, curse on your life from a bad father and you can experience the full blessing, even you, especially even you. God the Father says, I am a father to the fatherless, making sure you're included if you didn't have a father that stepped up like he should have. Would you allow me a little indulgence with the joys of being a grandfather, bring a, bring a dad? I'll take that as a, your silence as a yes. <laughs> the delight in music comes from heaven. Even when you're one, watch a short clip of my granddaughter Evangeline. I want to tell you, I did not teach her those moves. But somebody did. Who did? It wasn't her mom. Heaven taught her those moves. Up one more, one more time on that one. One year old. Delightful to my heart as a grandpa. Abigail, my oldest granddaughter, lives in England. At the age of 10, when we were visiting over there, I asked her to help with pastoral care for a new song. And she had a prophetic, has a prophetic anointing on her, even from a child. 
and is a great artist. So she started helping me with pastoral care. She just retired at the age of 16 from that. Age 10 to age 16. Here's a picture of her at 10. Sweetheart. And now at 16, London girl. Great artist. Great Jesus person. Over 200 creative expressions over the course of those six years. Over 200 notes. Many of you got them and were blessed by those prophetic letters from England. To me, the creativity right out of the family room of heaven. My third talking point is going to be quick. It's running out of time, but I want to make sure I say it. The Father sees his personal happiness, his glory, infinite glory, love, and joy as worthy of sharing with us in a way that is fully, fully, fully accessible and also ever-increasing. Faith goes after the more, always the more. So with deep love, Jesus, Jesus speaking says this, with deep love I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world, but for those who belong to you, those you've given me. But now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. So notice the increase. It's fulfilled in them, but his joy also overflows. Increase. Verse 23. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate, I might add infinite, love that you have for me. Infinite dimensions of his happiness. And then Jesus says, I have revealed it to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless, endless, endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. John Piper puts it this way, heaven is characterized by the increase of joy. Heaven is not simply about the reality or experience of joy, but it's eternal increase. The blessedness of the beauty of heaven is progressive, incremental, and incessantly expansive. It's like the expanding universe. Isn't that interesting how the universe is expanding? It's a sign to us, a sign and a wonder. It's God saying, hey, just so you know, if you have eyes to see it, if you have ears to hear about it, This is what my love, my glory, my joy is like, ever-expanding. Let's stand up. This morning, and the worship band is coming up. We're going to sing another worship song. This morning, sorry, Pat. We'll have you, Pat, just a minute. Forgot to give Pat the warning. It's my bad. We have... You guys appreciate Pat playing the music at the end every time? Yeah, so much appreciate that.
I want to give you a chance to be saved. Your spirit to be born again. Close our eyes for just a moment. Say this after me to make it more comfortable for people here that are, that are praying this for the first time. Dear Lord Jesus, I call upon you to save me. I confess you as my Lord. I believe the Father raised you from the dead. Amen. My friend, that's enough to start. That's enough to catalyze a born-again experience. If you prayed that prayer and meant it today, share, share the reality with a friend that brought you or someone you know here at New Song. They will help you grow in your faith in Christ. Those of you at home that prayed that prayer, share it with a, a Christian friend. If you don't have a Christian friend, watch out. God's going to bring you one. He'll bring you one. And you can share with them soon. They'll help you grow in this amazing, beautiful gift that God has for us. Let's worship this with this song, and then I want to speak a blessing over you before we're done. Then we'll go.
Keep the music going. Put your hand on your heart for a moment. Receive this authoritative blessing. May the Lord of peace himself give you and your family peace at all times and in every way. May the Lord give you and your family the more of him, including an ever-increasing personal revelation of his deep fatherly affection for you, blessing you with his unspeakable joy that's full of glory. May the Father of Jesus Christ himself, who himself loves you and who is in you and who you are in, keep you and yours always safe and in good health. And may he continually provide for you out of his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I declare all of these blessings over you with the authority of Jesus Christ and in his holy name. Amen. We love you. Don't forget God loves you. Happy Father's Day. Call dad, okay, if you can. See you next time.